All right. Well, hello, everyone. Uh, I'm Steve Chernowski, and this is Tap Into You, a new podcast focusing on local and regional issues. Find us at tapinto.net. Uh, in 2013, residents in Lambertville, Stockton, West Amwell voted to combine into one single pre-K to 12 school district, South Hunterdon Regional. Since that time, the state of the district's elementary buildings has come to the forefront. The Stockton School closed its doors in 2018 and ownership of the building was recently transferred to the district borough. The spotlight is now on upgrading the elementary buildings in both Lambertville and West Amwell, which has caused debate ever since it was proposed a handful of years ago. It has resurfaced now that the district has a new superintendent. There has been community disagreement on where any new buildings should be and possible divisions exist that mirror municipal boundaries. With me tonight are, please wave when I say your name, Doug, and Jackie from Lambertville, and Jen and Mike from West Amwell. I did search for a Stockton Borough parent, but came up empty. And let me just state that everyone here, including myself, has children in the district. And I'd like to thank and welcome everyone for being here. So welcome, everybody. And I'd like to start with short, short bios. Uh, Mike, you can begin. Um, sure. So, so great to be here. Thanks for doing this, Steve. Uh, my name is Mike Spilly, uh, resident of West Amwell. I have two kids um, in the township ages 12 and nine. Uh, we've lived here about eight years, um, so not as long as some other people there. Um, I work as a uh, software architect practitioner and run practice in the Americas for an IT company um, here in the United States. And a lot of people will know you from your work with uh, against the Penny's Pipeline, so. Uh, Unfortunately, Jack, but yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jackie, go ahead. Um, I am a Lambertville resident since 2002. Uh, my husband and I live here with our two children. We have a 13-year-old that's in eighth grade at South, and we have a 10-year-old that's in fifth grade at LPS. All right, Doug. Hello, I've been in Lambertville, I'm living in Lambertville since 1989, originally from Bucks County, not too far away. I have two kids, one in sixth grade, one in eighth grade. Um, so whatever is decided, at, you know, whenever something is decided really won't impact us at all. I'm a social worker, so certainly mental health and wellness are very important in my mind when thinking about this. I currently work in Somerville at, at a, the high school there at doing substance use and mental health counseling. Thank you, and Jen? Hi, um, I have lived in uh, West Amwell since 2008. I have three kids, I'm currently in fifth grade, third grade, and first grade. So I'm kind of on the cusp of, <laughs> depending on timing. Uh, and uh, yeah, I've, uh, we, we, we moved here in 2008. I've lived in uh, West Amwell during that time. Um, and yeah, I'm active with the PTO and things like that at West Amwell School. And thank you. It should be said also, in addition to my work with Tap Into, I've been a public school teacher in New Jersey for over 20 years. And I've lived in Lamberville next month, a decade, a full decade next month. Uh, so, and I have two kids uh, in third and first grade in at LPS. So uh, we're, we're here really, I guess, uh, kind of, it's been nicknamed so far by a couple people emailed calling it turn down the temperature. Uh, there's been a couple, if you haven't read the articles, there's been a couple, um, I guess, somewhat heated, some very civil, I think, you know, overall uh, board of education meetings uh, in regards to the new facility proposed uh, LPS West Amwell elementary schools have a lot of challenges uh, that I'll link in the show notes. 
But I guess my, my question to any of you to take first was, what was your impression of the superintendent's presentation and discussion that followed in January, like the, the first one? Um, and then a follow-up, what was your question, uh, impression of the second one that happened on February 1st? Uh, who would like to begin? I guess I can start. Go ahead, um, yes. So, so I'm the geeky one, um, sort of in this group. So I think my opinion is a little different from other people. Um, you know, to me, there was a lot of information that was presented, but there was a lot of gaps in it. You know, there's a lot of areas that obviously weren't really filled in. Uh, and, and what struck me the most was that we were given two very different options that didn't look like complete you know, on, on either side. And, and I felt the way the board was positioning this was they wanted a decision in a few months. And it seemed like, wow, this is moving really fast and they're not giving us a lot of choices here. So I, I was kind of skeptical and felt they needed to do a lot more due diligence before, before putting before the public. And Mike, you did do a, uh, I, I saw like a couple slides yourself, it just in looking at it more, just like your work, you know, like we know you, the, the, you know, the, da the data work that you do do. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So just, you know, basic mapping things, you know, one of the things that struck me was that, you know, they said they were going to basically move the football field and the software ball field at Ely over to the LP LPS site. The issue was they actually physically don't fit. So just doing basic mapping like that, I was like, okay, this, it was presented as an option, but it's really not. So again, if they'd done a little more due diligence um, on sort of the facts of the different sites, I think that would have uh, helped diffuse the situation quite a bit, at least from my point of view. I, mean, I, I was happy that, I, you know, years ago when we saw the one through nine options, I don't know if you, you yeah, know, yeah. Yeah, remember that. I, um, my, I really did not like attaching the elementary school to the high school in that uh, group of options. So I was initially just like, okay, this is good. They, they remain freestanding schools. So that's a move in the right direction. And I didn't think as much into the details as, as like Mike's, where Mike's mind went about the fitting and, and, and all of that. I, I was pretty initially like, okay, let's, let's hear this out. Uh, you know, I'm, I was totally, I'm, I'm still totally fine with wherever a school may be, if it's a combined school, I immediately just thought, I can't imagine our taxpayers ever voting to support two schools. Like I ju it just doesn't, you know, feel right. So I was happy to see a combined school that was not attached to the high school. That was my immediate, like, okay, let's, let's hear about this. Um, just, you know, from moving away from, from that one option that I did not like. Um, and then, you know, yeah, a lot of things come up. Um, I don't know. I mean, how many people know, but like the, I live right next door to the high school. So the huh. high school property is, is very, the, the one option of uh, the West Samuel school is, is, is right, right there for me. Um, and, you know, as we started getting more into the further meetings and questions and more information, and then it comes up with the things that Mike said, and there's land swaps and DEP and next yeah. door to me, a well that needs to be drilled and more trees to go down. And I'm like, oh no, you know, I just, when you start piling on the, it would be great. We could put this building either here or here. If these 10 other things fall into place, it starts to crack to me. Like we're really far apart. We're really far away um, from a sound option at all, um, which is kind of where I am now. Like it sounded great high, very high level. 
And now I'm kind of like, mm, we we got to we got to look around more or, or, or talk through it more um, and see where it goes. Jackie or Doug? Um, so when I first saw it, I was like, this is it. This is this is the plan. It, they made it. Um, but then the combined school, because I, I for me, the only option I would really consider is a combined school. I think it's a complete waste of financial resources as well as educational resources to have two schools three miles apart. Is everybody um, there? Is that is that the feeling of everybody? Or or is everybody yeah. yes? Oh, oh uh, Doug to you too? Me too. I mean yeah. in a in a perfect world, if resources were unlimited, I honestly I love the idea of having two elementary schools for the simple fact that I think the kids get a kick out of getting up to the high school and making new friends. Even though the kids know each other through sports and all that, I still think there is an element of getting to mix it up and change, you know, the friends groups look a little different. And I do, you know, like I get it dollars and cents wise, distance wise, it does not make sense to have two schools. Um, but there is that little bit of merit to it as well. So, so I do, they, like that just is in the back of my mind. It's not $34 million worth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. So, so we're not, you know, I'm going to go back to Jackie. We're not unanimous on that then. So let's go back to Jackie. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. A again, in a perfect world, but, but we know we're not. And, you know, I think we saw the positives that we got out of redistricting. For example, if a teacher was working with Samwell and Lambertville, they were two part-time employees. Now we could offer them a full-time contract and benefits and we were more attractive. So things like that by being a combined school, I think is really in our best interest. But thinking about the impact of downtown, um, the traffic and just the space, like I felt like we were kind of shoehorning, like if that school could be somewhere else, good. But I felt like we were shoehorning it. I'm concerned about the flooding. I mean, I've lived in a flood zone. I've dealt with yeah. floods. I don't, I don't see how the school wouldn't be impacted, you know, those kinds of things. Um, the one thing that I hope the message that is getting through is that these schools need to be replaced. Um, and that's also something I'd like to see if everybody agrees on. Like, they're really, I mean, they've done such a good job of explaining why they can't be renovated. And I think that's a message that really needs to get out because there are a lot of people like, well, I went to that school and it was fine. And it was 30 years ago, but now we're in a very different place. Um, the one other thing I wanna say is my other concern with the plan was the impact to South. Um, we have a board that have many, many of them have elementary school kids. So I don't think they, I don't know if they know South that well. Um, and also our superintendent, and, I, and I'm not saying this to be negative about anybody, has only been part of our school during COVID times. So he's never seen our multi-purpose room at LPS full. He's never attended a PTA event at West Amwell. He's never been to the lunchroom at South to see how it's, it's already full. So if we were to bring, for example, sixth grade up, which was part of that plan, there's an impact to South more than just four classrooms is going to need. So that was also my concern that I think South needs to be included a little bit more in this because we're gonna have this state-of-the-art beautiful elementary school and then they're gonna go to South and there's a lot that's lacking in South. So, you know, this is the ask. So if you're gonna ask for 24 million, ask for 27 and fill in some of the gaps at South is kind of my other part of things. So I, I think we're getting into question two a little bit, okay. which is kind of in an idea. I, I think Jackie has done a good job, Jen and, and Mike, uh, like you know, hitting on, what would you like to see happen with the schools? Like as a parent, well, I just uh, wanted, Steve, go ahead, Doug. Before you go, um, I just wanted to, you know, my first thing I want to say is 
it's so nice to have a civil discussion. Um, Turning down and, the temperature. Oh my gosh. It's so, I don't even face to go face. on, I hardly go on Facebook anymore. I post articles, you know, stories, but that's all. And, and it's so nice to have a civil discussion like the adults we are. So I'm very grateful for that. So I, I just want to say that I was happy with his, um, you know, with building in Lamberville. That, that's something that's very important to me. I was concerned that there were only two options um, and was a little concerned how West Amwell residents would feel about it. Um, Jen, I want to just respond to what you were saying about the idea of two schools. You know, for me, what's most important, less the money, more about the academic options that occur in one school. And I, I feel pretty strongly about that. I think that when you combine all those kids, they're going to be getting far more options in their educational experience. And, and that to me is, it's very, very important. Yeah, that, 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 that is, that's true too. Cause I'm thinking even just running through now, like some of our after school programs um, that they're offering. I don't know if it's because they're virtual now or, right. you know, what have you, but little like after school things where you only get like three or four kids in a combined school you know, maybe you would get that more of a critical mass and get a couple of uh, clubs and things like that going because you have enough kids to, to well, make clubs, it work. So but also a, higher level classes or more divert, more options, yeah. more broader range of classes. But yeah, clubs are really great. More, more options for parent pickup. Like I, I, <laughs> I my, they have they have floor hockey club at LPS, and I can't make it because neither my wife or I or anybody oh. we knew could pick the kid up from in time. We we oh. we couldn't get there in time. They have floor hockey. Yeah. Yes. Oh, we have a PE teacher who loves hockey. You, oh, I know your. I know one of your sons plays, Jen. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. But that's like for me the, the enrichment. The, back. the enrichment program at Lambertville has always been like you have to be an all-around good student to get into the enrichment program. So we have some students that, for example, are going to be amazing math students, and their English grades are never going to be above a C. If we had combined resources, maybe we could have a math enrichment program for those students that aren't 100% A students. And then in English, you know, I just think the options that we could open up by combining the resources are going to benefit the students. And to me, the educational value is more important than the location. A lot of people feel differently. That's yeah. my opinion. And maybe even enrichment for every student. That's something yeah. I really... Yeah. You know, you know, art and you know, Spanish or whatever yeah. other options. Right. We have one option and that's yeah. it. So what, in an ideal world, what would you like to see happen here? Um, you know, like uh, what would be, I guess, I, I, I can't say forget about the cost, right? I, that has to be, I guess, part of the conversation. And Mike, I think you mentioned that, look, I mean, I, I have all parents on. If, if we're not at each other's throats by the end of this and we don't get uh, lambasted on Facebook afterwards, maybe I could have another one with non-parents. And Mike, you said, look, a lot of seniors are, are going to, this is going to hurt. Um, it is going to hurt for, for quite a few people and they're going to want to see that is done in a, a fair and equitable manner. And, and I don't mean that in terms of location, I mean in terms of what it's gonna do for the kids and for the overall community. You know, a school is not just about the kids, it's about attracting people to the school district, to the towns, increasing our tax base. You know, those are all things that we want. So, you know, one of the other issues and people brought it up is by shoehorning uh, into that small space at Ely Field, there was no room for growth at all. So if we did have a spike 
in the population. There wasn't any accommodation. And 10 or 15 years from now, we could be in the same spot we're in today. And I don't think anyone wants that. So, you know, something that would be cost effective, but most beneficial for the kids, I, I think is, is definitely the way to go. But, you know, they have to look at it more broadly than, than they are today. You know, when people brought up in the meetings, the ESC school site, um, you know, the, the superintendent seemed to downplay that, but he didn't actually give very much information. Um, there's a, a church site in, in West Amwell um, that's really big, very flat, that could be buildable on. There, there's some other options in, in West Amwell. I'm not against Lambertville at all. If, if we can find a site in Lambertville, it would make no difference to me because we bust and drive the kids anyway. I, I don't think personally the location matters that much. The challenge is, is frankly going to be, you know, the town is 1.25 square miles. So that's, that's the challenge. Yeah. I just want to respond to Mike. Is that okay? Steve? Yeah. Yeah. So the, you know, one of the things that came up during the school board meeting, Mike, when you talked about the, the concern about the taxes, I think what you were saying for the seniors is the debt is coming due very soon. And what the super is indicating is that with that debt coming or, or being paid off, I guess is probably the way to put it, is it's, you know, taking out bonds to build a school won't be as painful as it might have been if these debts hadn't been coming due or coming, whatever, getting settled. Mm -hmm. um, there was that. And then the other thing, oh, so I've been working in education for years. And what, what I keep hearing is the projections around population growth yeah. in many, many districts. And the long-term projections are declining. Um, Millennials can't afford anything. That's the narrative that I've seen. Right <laughs> yeah. I, I hear that on, on the declining projections, but if you can cheaply or for no cost buy some guarantees in terms of bigger land, why mm -hmm. wouldn't you do that? Mm -hmm. If it's literally an easy thing to do, why do that? And why put yourself where you're, you're sort of throwing the guy, dice a little bit? I feel like the consultant several years ago had posted this really steep, steep decline that I, I, I think was meant to hit us already, like in 2018 or 2019 even that, I mean, it was like a chart that looked like a, yeah. a nosedive. Um, and, th you know, those were projections from a while back. Um, and, and that didn't foot out. We don't know what went into those numbers, and I know that there was a little bit of difference of opinion on whether the one set included choice and one set didn't. Um, but it is it is hard to go off of uh, uh, number projections. Um, the, the I think the the other thing to with the taxpayer situation is that there is this two or three or several tax periods where it's going to be both actually. Yeah, um, yeah right? I think well, three, two or four years somewhere like that. Yeah, so. I mean, it, it, it is going to be very tough for a lot of a lot of families. And I know this is probably getting more into, I, I think, maybe even a, a, a bit of a later question. But in my mind, I feel like the important message is to just think about do nothing, do nothing now and, and where we would be in 10 years in, you know, a, a child or a family coming into our school district that physically can't use our buildings does that open us up to a lawsuit does that kill our district if our district is sued and can't financially survive do we end up losing local schools at all and end up absorbed into um you know 100 and central school district and think about that that may happen when all our kids are long gone but who's going to want to come in and move here and live here if you don't have a local school 
Um, so I, I, I think that that's the, the only message, right, that would really, I, I think, be able to do anything on the, on the tax question. I don't know. So, well, uh, but also my uh, concern uh, there is the, the do-nothing option. Something We've already put a lot of money into these buildings because of their age. So my fear is all of a sudden, it's not going to be a $100,000 fix. It's going to be an eight, like the HVAC is going to go and we're going to have no choice but to put $10 million into one of those buildings and that's it. Then we're going to not be able to build a new school because we had to put HVAC into a, a crumbling building. So we'll, we'll, put, we we'll put a lot of these financials, oh, sorry, we'll put a lot of these financials into uh, the notes, the show notes. So we're talking about a lot of numbers. I mean, they're there, they've already been out, but I'll try to consolidate them consolidate them into one uh, area so that readers and viewers can access it. So I'm sorry, Jackie, you were still speaking. No, no, no. I, I mean, it just, you know, along the same points of that, I, I think that the do nothing option, you know, and that's my concern also with kind of all of the infighting, like it seemed as though Save LPS kind of brought everything to a screeching halt and I'm not blaming anybody. They have their right to feel what they want, but we went through this, what, Four years ago, yes. I don't even remember. Yeah. Like we could have already been in new schools at this point. Um, yeah. So we've spent all of this money because we can't come to an agreement, and we're going to hit a point where we're going to have to spend major money. Like, I mean, as it is, I know Sarah didn't have heat in her classroom the other day, and that's not uncommon. We're, we're getting close to those points. I, I agree, and I, I think if anything. Um, when, when the board is, is presenting these options to people, they need to emphasize the issues more than they have. They, they've sort of said it as, oh, it's not great. It's, you know, there's issues that are coming up and we're going to spend more and more. I, I think Jackie is hitting it much more right nail on the head is, you know, if the high school and, and the elementary school I went to, I was very fortunate that they were pretty advanced for the time. Uh, and it made a huge difference for me. I always, I love West Amal school, but I always get a little sad when I go there because I look around and I'm like, this is really outdated for my kids. And, you know, my son is now in middle school, so he's not there, but my daughter's going to be there for a few more years. And it, it is a little sad to see. It's sad to see the teachers struggling, um, you know, that they don't have adequate, adequate resources. You know, doing some sort of combined school is part of what regionalization was about. It was combining our resources, getting something better. So I, I think the board emphasizing the issues and, and not downplaying them would benefit the community. And, let's be creative with options. You know, I heard one person um, privately throwing out, a, out an option of, you know, this is short changing the high school to a degree, um, which, which I think Jackie also said, you know, think of more radical plans, like maybe have K through eight take over the high school, middle school and move high school to a new building, a new combined building. You know, that could be another option where maybe you're getting more for everybody involved because it, it feels a little strange to me. I don't mean to be self-serving, but you know, my kids are gonna be going into the high school area soon. And in a future world, it would be a downgrade. It's you're in this fancy new building in, in elementary school, and then you get to the middle school and high school and you're like, oh, it, it's rundown facilities to a degree. Everyone's crowded in here. We don't have all the tech that we want. Um, you know, and high school is where it's really at in terms of the really advanced stuff where you actually need really advanced facilities to compete these days. So think, that. thinking that way. That idea sounds good as an idea, but then when you really, when you think about the cost involved in building what would be required from scratch 
for a newer high school building? Like I can't even imagine because you gym, locker rooms, labs, you know, I, I know that South is not ideal, but the bones are there, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and when I think about what it would take to build a high school from scratch, we're really far away from getting, I think, uh, taxpayers to agree to that. But I like what Jackie was saying before about keep sixth in, in a building. And, and if you're spending, what'd you say, like spending this much, then spend this little, and don't make it, a, you know, extra classrooms. Maybe there's one more big ticket thing that we can do to bring some additional things um, up to the high school. I just, I worry a lot about ever getting a reference. God, I can't, I can't imagine what the cost would be for a new high school. So let me, I guess I'll skip a question then. I, I guess I'll skip a question. Go ahead, Doug. Sorry. Go ahead. I, I don't remember when the referendum was to put the money into the high school, but that was a battle. It was the in the auditorium the, one, the, for the auditorium, the one for the auditorium. Yeah. yeah, it was, it was for the science labs. It was, it was, it failed at first. And then, you know, there was a big push. Everyone, we were going door to door trying mm -hmm. to get it and it finally got approved, but it was a lot of work. Just, and I don't want to turn this entirely about the high school, but Doug, how many kids are in uh, the current eighth grade? Is it about 60, 65? Probably. I know of at least 10 kids that are exploring options other than South. Between private school, Polytech, the new programs that are offered where children can go to North and, and become a student there. But 10 out of 60, 65, and those are the ones I know about. So I'm sure there are other kids that are exploring options that I don't know. And I think that really speaks to what we're offering in terms of high school, if that large of a percentage is exploring other options. So we're, we're not attracting anybody to our district. You know, we're losing. But is, that, but is that a facility issue or is that a programming issue? Or a size issue. Or a, one of the smallest high schools in the state. Yeah. Is that a size? I mean, Central's got yes. ice hockey. I don't know. Then we don't have ice hockey. I was going to say sports is a big part. Is that, yeah, if you want your kid to really excel and be in a huge competitive environment, you, you wouldn't send them to the South necessarily. Right. I mean, I think it's a combination, but, you know, there are things. And I'm not necessarily saying that we need to entirely renovate the building, but maybe we need to be looking at like, like the trend in teaching is these open concept classrooms where you're not sitting at a desk and facing a board. You've got like these round tables and it's more discussion. So maybe it's not building a new classroom. Maybe it's working with what we have in the classrooms. All I'm saying is that like, this is the one ask. So let's make sure we're asking for what our entire district needs. Right, not just the element. Exactly. No, that's a good point. That's a very good no, point. That's good. I mean, the, as for the sixth grade being an option, I mean, it, it sounds like Jen and Jackie would remember this and maybe everyone is this, the, like the, 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 the plan four years ago at, at putting it all at the high school was referred to as the New Hope model. Like it was basically like New Hope Silbury essentially has almost everything on one campus. Like six, I don't think the lower elementary is there. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was floated as the option. And I mean, we just had a new track there too. Like, I mean, Jen, I don't know if you've been able to use the track since it's been built. So, so that, that's just new there as well. Um, I do want to move on, um, to, uh, I guess I heard, you know, Jen, I think said, what, what would it take for a referendum to even pass in this environment? I mean, here we are in, in a pandemic, um, 
it was probably already going to be an uphill battle, even with a flawless. And look, I'm not saying the superintendent did a bad job. I'm just saying if, if no one argued, if everybody said, oh, my God, this is great. Um, it'd be tough. Right. Uh, you know, yeah. what do you what do you what do you think it would take for a referendum to pass? Well, I mean, I'll say a few things that come to mind is, is one, COVID-19. Some people are well off. Lots of people are not well off. So to a lot of people, anything talking about raising taxes right now is going to cause a panic attack. Um, you know, in Lambertville, uh, I won't say either way about the mayor, but there's a lot of controversy uh, around yeah. proposals there <laughs> of spending money. So I think in this environment, uh, a lot of asks are coming into residents all at once. And, you know, I don't think the school would necessarily pass. I would want it to. I would do everything I could to help it. But this feels like uh, it's a poor environment to go after it. The only positive I see is, is the interest rate uh, environment. It's true that, you know, with everything they're doing in stimulus, rates are near zero. So it's the best borrowing we're ever going to do. But th that, that's about it at this yeah. point. You know, I think it's, it's going to be an uphill battle for them to get the right amount of information and the right due diligence and rush it all in by November and convincing everybody, you know, my, I, my point of view is that's a, a huge stretch. Especially when you look at the historical, you know, you know, the history of, of, of referendums getting rejected. Yeah. I think everybody needs to realize that there's no one perfect plan and they need to, as a district, we need to buy into, I mean, it's like when you went and bought your house or you rented an apartment, you, this is the list of things you wanted. This is what you ended up getting. Maybe you didn't get the fireplace or the third bedroom. And it's the same thing with the school. You might get the school with everything you wanted, but not in the location you wanted. Or maybe you're gonna get it in the location you want, but you're not gonna get some of the services. So I think everybody needs to realize that this is a compromise, but I think we also need to get out in the community because we all think this is so important there are so many members of our community that could care less what happens in the school. Oh, we need oh. to make them realize the impact <laughs> it's going to have. That's right. Like, you know, really, I think we need to mobilize, be like, look, this is why we need to do it. This is why it makes sense financially and get other people to buy in. And that's kind of why I want the high school element in it as well, because the more parents or families that are going to get something out of this, the more likely they're yeah, going to yeah. vote yes. Yeah. And I would love to see more input from the community. I feel like the board, is to a degree coming up with these really big plans and, and presenting them almost as a fait accompli to the, to the community. If they would solicit to the community and say, what are you really looking for in your elementary programs and your high school programs? You know, here's the issues that we see, where do you wanna go? I think there might be more success. You know, we've talked about the, the last plan for the high school got, kind of just went over like a lead balloon. Obviously this last one had a ton of issues. These, these would all be avoidable if there was more forums like this that the board would solicit honestly, I, I don't think they've been quite honestly soliciting. It feels more like they're required to do it by law. It's I think also, if they opened up more, it would help quite a bit. And, and I think this time in our lives is just difficult because we're all very easily able to go on the Zoom and talk about it and know the board meetings and check the email and subscribe to the email list. And then when we talk about the people who are actually gonna have to come and vote on this, there's so many that are not, not on Zoom, not, and are going to have zero information or input. And I think figuring out, I mean, I'm sure there's people that kind of do that stuff for a living or have done it for the recent elections that we just had. 
where are the people who, who hold votes and how to, what's the best way to reach so Jen, them? What we did for the referendum in the 90s was we went door to door, but we also had little, little gatherings in our homes. Yeah. And inviting people, inviting our neighbors. It's all about that. Inviting your yeah. neighbors into your house and laying out, you know. Yeah. So I, I, I'd say that um, I think the very first step in all of this is to get to that, like Jackie was saying, that the thing that people are going to win some and lose some, but everybody gets a little something and we're all like, okay, this is it. This is what we can do. And then we start what you're saying, Doug, the communication effort. And honestly, I think we give up on the, we get one referendum and it's in November and then, and that's it. We all have to, I really think, I think Mike, you said this too. And Doug, it's going to be multiple referendums. It's not going to be, here's the plan. Yes or no one time around. And that's it. I think we can all gather a rally around a plan that we, we get to and know that it's still a longer road to get it passed. And, and it doesn't have to be right now, but feel build. Like, Jen, why do you feel like it would need to be multiple referendums? Cause I, I, I that's not I, I what think, I was saying. I, well, I just think that it be open to the fact that it may not, it may not pass the very, very first referendum oh, oh, that goes out what you're saying. and okay. that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, board of ed meetings don't get a lot of readership. I'm just like, I, I, I went and I covered and I'm like, this is stuff. And the in Lambertville, at least, mayoral elections are sexy. Board of education is not. And and so when, when we consolidated as a district, that got a lot of input. I think the people that were able to pull that off from all the three towns, uh, you know, really, and then press coverage was different back then. We still had the beacon here, uh, which which was different. So uh, now, like, I, I, there were times I just stopped, and then when I when I heard there was a referendum, I'm like, oh, th that'll probably have readership. But it, it's, I mean, Lambert, at least as far as Lambertville is, people zero in on the mayor probably because there's this idyllic image of the Lambertville story back from what it was, you know, the what the 40s, the, the late 40s. Um, it, it's the Board of Ed just, it's not a lot of parents in this town. And uh, even though it affects their taxes, it doesn't, if they, they don't have kids, there's just not the investment. Well, they are parents, but they're older and their kids are out of the house. Right, yeah. Yeah, sorry, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, I, I, sorry, go ahead, Jack. Go ahead. Even the people that do have kids, and I think, I mean, I hope moving forward, we will keep a Zoom element even when we go back to real world, because I know a lot of people because of childcare issues, work, whatever, can't make it. But I mean, so many times, even when there was a big issue or a referendum or something going on, people would come to the beginning, they would stay through the first public comment, say what they had to say, and then leave. And that's always been the case, or if they even show up. Like, they're talking about how your tax dollars are being spent. They're talking about the teachers. They're talking about, you know, I, I know it's hard. I know it's time consuming. And I know those meetings are boring as hell. I sit through them all the time. But <laughs> I've seen you there ever since yeah, I've been going, but Jackie. They're, but they're they're important, you know, and but it is, it's hard. I mean, everybody is pulled in so many different directions that it's hard. Um, but I think people need to realize what really happens and how they can influence by attending. Yeah, I, I think I, I, that all makes sense to me. I think from my perspective, you know, I, I regularly go through really complicated things and, and try to figure them out on my own. I've found the school board whole entire process 
um, to be almost impenetrable. So even when you want to attend and you want to understand what's going on, you know, trying to find the documents, trying to find the information, it's incredibly daunting. It feels like the bar is way up here just to even have the slightest idea what's going on. And, and as I mm. said before, I, I feel like the board culturally is not very open saying we want to be super transparent about everything. They generally act like they want to be closed. I don't mean that to criticize any of them individually. It's just that's how they've always felt like they you got to pull the information out of them. And I wish they could be more transparent. It is awkward sometimes when you go to the meetings and it's the public portion and you're speaking and looking at someone and they're not allowed to answer your question. <laughs> and then it's like, why? But it's they not used to. They used to answer questions. And that's yeah. that's just and policy. That's not law. That's their policy is to okay. be that way. You know, All right. I back, know. back in the one good of, old days. One of the board members said to me that they are like legally responsible for anything that they say. So it's kind of well, transition. It, you know, it, it's on them. And I think when nobody came to the board meetings and there was five of us, it was easier to have a back and forth. But once 75 people showed up, I think, I mean, and you see what happened with the last board of education meeting, when one board member said something that a lot of people didn't like, right. how quickly it exploded and turned ugly. And, I, and I'm not speaking on positive or negative right. of that, but just how a comment can affect things. So I think maybe that's, why the board has to be a little bit more careful, but it is hard because so much of what they do is in committee and then they come there and they just vote and it's and it's over. We don't we don't get to see the working of it, but I think they also have a lot of privacy issues because of staffing and students and blah, 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 blah. Right, so that's a great transition to, uh, you know, the fallout. As you said, one board member said something that got, it was very controversial. Um, you know, there was a meeting on Monday, which I, I kind of talked to a lot of you about. We're not going to bring it up. So we're, there was a class three officer thing on Monday. I, I'm just not bringing it up because I didn't even know there was a meeting on Monday. I'm serious. Like, I, I feel bad. I feel overwhelmed. The 22nd, we had one in late January. We on the first. <laughs> I, I appreciate them holding meetings. I just I couldn't keep track. So I can't speak to it. Uh, maybe we'll have another one on it as long as we all don't get beat up on Facebook after this. Uh, but so like, hey, maybe this is the first and last Zoom uh, on the board of ed, you know, who knows? And, and if that's the case, thank you. You guys were hard to get in the first place. Um, so I think there was fallout uh, that was visible on social media, speaking to what Jackie said after the February 1st meeting. Uh, what were your impressions of that? Speak carefully now. Uh, and um, so I had one very influential person in town told me that it exposed the divisions that existed between the towns and said that the comment ripped off the bandaid that has historically held the towns together. Do you think that's fair? Um, there are certain divisions within the towns as well. I want to be emphasis. It's not like Lamberville's all unified, although I did look at the past voting records of the 2020 election. West Amwell was 50-50 as far as 2020 election. I think that might surprise some Lamberville people. Um, so do you think, um, I, I, so I guess, what are your thoughts on the divisions, on what was said on the February 1st meeting, you know, I don't know, Steve. I, I feel like when you get behind your computer on social media, people just get emboldened to do things that they would never do face to face like this. So I, I think it's easy to make references to inferences, I mean, to what went on on, on Facebook, at least that's what I saw. Um, but I think if you get all those people here face to face, I think it would be a very different thing. So I don't think it it necessarily 
means that the, the, two, the two communities are so divided. I could be like in La La Land, but I <laughs> do think if you get people together, Optimist. I think you're not going to have those kinds of hostilities. I, I think what, what you see here, and, and you see it a lot online, is that a few strong, loud voices can overpower the conversation. And, and not I, only do they sort of take over the conversation, but people are afraid to speak because they don't want to be ridiculed. They don't want to be the target. They don't want to get, you know, all these different threats and things after them. You know, my, my perspective is, you know, living here eight years, um, you know, we've had kids here for five of them. Um, West Amwell and, and Lambertville and New Hope are all joined at the hip where we are the community as a whole. West Amwell in a vacuum would be totally different from West Amwell sitting next to Lambertville. And I mean that in a positive way. You know, we all love going down there, going to the antique stores, going to the restaurants, seeing different types of people. My, my kids absolutely love the sports scene, that they're they're meeting more and more kids, you know, even with multiple towns, we're still having to import from further and further away. <laughs> uh, it's all a good thing. Um, you know, I think it's the same thing with Lambertville, is that Lambertville, um, you know, really needs West Avalon, needs the rural surrounding around it to really build its character out. So to me, we are a region, you know, the regionalization made a lot of sense. Um, Facebook, things. I think Doug was saying it, all these online social media things tend to break down really quickly. I, I don't think it reflects the true character. I do think that there are some interest groups to get together. You know, you see it at board meetings. Sometimes you'll hear 12 parents say this exactly the same thing in a row. They're, they're clearly got together beforehand and said, we're aligned behind this issue. That's always going to happen. And, and there's going to be things that Lambertville wants and West Admiral doesn't and vice versa. But you don't have to be shouting at each other about it like yeah. we're doing here we can talk about it and say you know let's let's find out what's the shared consensus and what we want to go forward with and not I, focus on the negative the other aspect of the social media fallout and you know any human being in this day and age is probably guilty of it is that it's so quick i immediately got tweaked about something and i can immediately say something and and and, and blast it out and when you sit and reflect and something somebody said tweaked you but tomorrow when you think about it it's like well why was I so mad about that <laughs> you know what I mean like why did that silly comment really get me and you know you catch a mood you catch a the wrong time of day with some people and now you have that it's that instant access you know it's like we all are forgetting that part of our brain that is supposed to be more well-developed for us grown-ups and less developed for the young ones, right? Mm. The impulse control. Prefrontal it, cortex. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. shrunk because we have instant access to immediately unleash that, um, you know, that moment of anger. So I, I, I appreciate having this opportunity to, to talk through it and, and just take the breath and think about things. I, Jeanette I Hoffman. To, oh, go ahead, Jeff. Sorry, I have to disagree slightly. Um, I think large part of the communities get along very well, but you know, I don't want to deny that there's bigotry or that there's xenophobia or you know homophobia or any of those things within our community. Unfortunately, we know that they do exist. You know, and I see all of these hate have no home here signs, and I think they're true. But often it's like it has no home here until you really disagree with me. I mean, we've the mayoral election, we've been through some contentious board of education, and it is really amazing how quickly people turn on each other when issues come at hand. So I don't want to minimize 
that I think there is some disconnect. I don't necessarily, if I want to say between the towns, but between groups of people. I mean, look, within town, to be honest, we know that there are people that have made mention of the fact that we have a large ESL population, you know, and I don't want to call out just those people. It is a, it is a fact. I mean, it is a consideration that, you know, it, it, it influences the school and I'm not saying positively or negatively. So it's okay to reference it, but when it comes out in this very negative way, but I agree it's, we could have had a hundred comments on the discussion about, well, I think the building's in a flood, you know, it could be all this good discussion and then one bad comment and that's all anybody's gonna talk about. So I don't, th we know we're not living in a perfect real world. We know there are divides, but I, I don't think it's the entire community, but we, we have to be aware that it exists. Yeah, no, so it's without a doubt. Ahead, and I've seen it like when they were, were talking about combining police, West Elmwell just absolutely stood together like 110% and said, you know, Lambertville policing is not West Elmwell policing. So yeah. one, one example of, you know, we're radically apart. Yeah. <laughs> Even, and we're not going to get into it, but the SRO discussion um, from the other night. The, the resource officer. Yeah, yeah the resource yeah. officer. I, I think every single Lambertville person that spoke spoke one way and every single West Hamill person spoke was of the opposite opinion. So yeah. again, it could be like what you said, people got people lined up to get on the call. Well, I think it's also different experiences. Yeah, and but you, that's what I'm saying. Have, we have to realize yeah. that those exist yeah. between I, the communities. Jen, go yeah. ahead. I was just gonna say like, even just um, uh, families and, some areas that have uh, maybe you know family members who serve or who are police yeah. officers and and yep. ex experience that way is is different and it's totally fine um, and we do have to find a way to I know it sounds corny but we're all different and we have those different experiences but we have to figure out how to if not get along at least move forward in a way that is uh, respectful of all of our um, different opinions and, and, and figure it out, you know? It's we have to work together. Yeah. Even so, with our differences. So yeah, there, there's you can, a you can work ahead, through Mike. it too. Yeah, you can work through it too. Think of just the regular family. There's gonna be the crazy uncle who does the crazy things. There's gonna be the grandpa who thinks it's 1940s. You know, there's gonna be people that disagree, yet they get together every Thanksgiving or, or what, what have you, and, and they're able to still function as a family. We, we just need to, figure out how to function as, as a regional school district. And that's why I keep going back to openness and transparency. The more open you are, the more problems surface early rather than let them bubble in the background. You know, that, that's, that's when you're gonna have issues is when people don't wanna talk about it and they get frustrated. And I think those board meetings where you see a ton of people show up, it's the community combined frustration that they don't know what's going on. And now there's big issues hitting that people panic and then, you know, yeah. they start freaking out about it. No, so uh, you know, back to the social media stuff. Look, I mean, I think uh, I don't know if Jackie and Doug, I, we've been pretty divided in Lambertville, in my opinion, ever since the mayoral election back in what was it, 2018, and 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 I still think it's that environment has been carrying uh, over. That's just my opinion. Uh, one of one of the people I follow on Twitter said, "Whenever I get tired of being complete jerks to total strangers on Twitter, I go to my town's Facebook page and watch people be complete jerks to their friends and neighbors." So, like, you know, like it's just, I, 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 you know, I, I, it, it, we, we will look back and say, was this a good invention and whatnot? Uh, who knows? But yeah, I mean, there are divisions, but we need to be able to come together. Like, I know. 
like a lot of the uh, for the LPS people, it's been brought up. Jackie briefly mentioned the Save LPS group, and you know the walkability thing. Um, you know, and Jen had mentioned a division. Um, you know, with people, you know, being in different in professions and having a di totally different point of view. Like I think of why I moved here. Like I moved here about ten years ago, and the, my wife was working in Burlington County in southern, and I was working all the way in West Essex County. So we're we're commuting opposite ways. We needed somewhere in between. There are three places: Princeton, uh, couldn't afford uh, Heightstown, didn't want to deal with the Turnpike, and then it was Lambertville by default. And it, it wasn't any other communities. I I will say, walk having a walkable town was in my top three. It was. Now I, I'm not saying that puts me on one side or another, but I'm trying to see it for. I and I don't walk my children. I live on one of the hills. I'm not walking my kids to school pretty much because my wife and I are gone before the schools even open. But. So I'm not walking my kids to school, but I walkability was in the top three of why I am where I am. And I, and I think, you know, I, I know it's like, I, I don't know. What, what do you guys think about that? So I, mean, I, I just want to jump in. So as a social worker, I always think about protective factors and risk factors for communities. And for me, I, we walked always. And um, it was quite a walk because we lived on the other side of town. And I felt the time walking with other parents, having the kids walk together, waiting in the start of the day for kids to go in while they were all interacting. And then after school, waiting for the kids to come out, going and staying on the playground while the kids played, interacted with other parents, wove a fabric that was so rich and so rewarding and so beneficial that it's, for me, it's a phenomenally important protective factor for this community. And so. I mean, it's interesting for me because when I moved here, I actually didn't really know anybody. And it, it turns out I, I made friends with a mom's group in New Hope. So when I came to LPS, I knew very few families. Um, and so the walkability was huge to me because I met instantly so many people and so many families and I became so involved in the school and I was on the executive board of the PTA for six years and all of those kinds of things. I love that we have that, but it can't be the only factor for me in the decision yeah. of what's right for the school. That's, it, it can't be the kill switch. And the one thing I have to say that I think is interesting is, you know, now that we have some kids virtual and some kids in school, when I go to pick up Sarah in the afternoon, there's like this whole little group of kids that has come from their homes of their virtual learning and they're meeting their other friends and they're going off to the playground. So I don't think we're, it's gonna change if the school's not in Lambertville, but I don't think we need to lose that. And who knows, maybe there's something we can do with this building. It's got a gym, maybe it could be a community center. I mean, I don't know, again, pie in the sky, but the <laughs> playground is the city, it's not even the school. That's gonna stay there. Kids are still gonna congregate there. You know, there's not, there's nothing for kids to do in, in town, right? I mean, I, I, I hear so many kids, they get to that certain age in this area and they just let them out and go, go wander oh. around in Lambertville. And I don't think that's a great use of yeah, that. I mean, the kids so, walk to Starbucks, they walk to Lambertville Trading Company, they go to the candy shops. Right. Like my it's older freedom, daughter. And it's great to have that option, but it, you know, like you were saying about doing something else with the school. And also I, two, two really quick points on, walkability for me something that you said Jackie and, and it touches on a little bit of what you said Doug too I've built that network 
in West Samwell when my daughter um, was in Daisies in kindergarten and first grade. Those, the moms I met there are my mom friends now. Like, that's how we connected. We had that program. So while I totally get it, and, and I think it's idyllic, you know, to live in that nice town and be able to walk to school. I think of, you know, I, when I was driving to work back in the day, uh, I used to drive through Hopewell and see the, you know, the, the kids walking to school. And it, it is great. I don't think walking to school is the only way to get that. But I think honoring and recognizing that and that if it is a loss to the community, what else can we do to somehow replace it? Programming, but we also, we did, we talked about combined school, having that ability to, to add more programs. And those programs might replace, you know, some of that. So I, I, I you know, I think that um, we need to have it in a, a, in a way that, you know, acknowledges and, and, and some way honors that the walkability factor and let's think of what we can do to still retain that and, and get the benefits of it, even if we had to locate the school outside of the city. And I think framing the conversation that way maybe would be more helpful. That's the answer to me really. And, and my answer to these things is usually sports is that, you know, we've built up our social network entirely through kids sports the Ramblers, baseball, basketball, you know, we, we've done everything but hockey and soccer just because my kids are terrible at both. Um, but really, we've met so many people and there's been so many socialization opportunities at the practices, you know, going away for travel games or, or even local games. Um, and, and to your point, Jen, you know, other programs we can do locally, um, you know, all the little events that they have at LPS, not so much at, at WAS, but doing more of that, I think it's not a substitute for walkability, but it gets you a lot of the same effect. And, you know, I, I just keep going back to, um, you know, Lambertville is, is really small and for combined school, it's going to be a big challenge. Um, you know, I saw the superintendent send something out about the Claussen property. Yeah. Not sure if he was fishing, that maybe that would be a site. I don't think so because you'd be demolishing preserved yeah. space. But uh, again, what was I, said, that would be tough. Yeah, yeah. But it's just, Looking at the map of Lambertville, I stared at it for like half a day, uh, a couple of days ago. You're basically, Lambertville's gonna big, give up something really large if they wanna go that way. And I want Lambertville people also look at it from a financial perspective for them, because you know the last proposal I went through is basically Lambertville is gonna sacrifice hundreds of thousands of dollars to direct taxpayer money, which seems grossly unfair to me that Lambertville would have to do that. You know, all the Ely Field upgrades would be taken over for free by the Board of Ed. Um, you know, Lambertville would be demolishing the LPS site. You know, all these costs going to Lambertville never made much sense. So I hope that whatever we look at, whether it's in West Amwell or Lambertville, I hope people looked at not just what the Board of Ed is proposing, but what is the overall impact to their town? So what's it gonna do to their overall town taxes and expenditures? Is good, it should be important and it shouldn't be, we're just focusing narrowly on the Board of Ed and we'll pretend these other issues don't exist. Right, so I think another point that I think about a lot is the, the residents of Lamberville who don't have cars. And I don't know what percent that is, but I see a lot of people walking. Um, and oh, they're not moving their cars now with the snow. Well, no that's, way. that's the, <laughs> yeah, not. cars are plowed in, that's for sure. Um, but that's a concern of mine, of the residents who don't have cars and 
you know, they, they don't wind up going up to South for activities unless they get a ride. And um, if there's a school outside of town, what happens to these people? So, well, and I even think about that for back to school night and those kinds of things that these parents can't attend. Well, everything, yeah. sports, all they, kinds of things, right? You know, yeah, school plays and those kinds of things. But if there's a way we can reference that, I mean, we own buses. Like, is there, you know, and I don't know the legality or anything like that, but like if there's back to school night, can we send a bus into town and pick people up? I don't know if those things are possible, but I think, again, it's, it's, it's trying to find solutions to the problem. Again, in the perfect world, the school stays in Lamberville, in my mind. But if we can't, then let's at least see what we can do to address the issues of walkability. And, and what, would, what, would, you know, what would people think, for example, what if there's a school that was just outside the Lambertville city lines? What if they found a site that was technically in West Amwell, but still walkable by a significant percentage of Lambertville? I would love to see options like that because there do seem to be some open areas not very far from Lambertville City that maybe would be a compromise. Yeah, they're building on Conant Hill a lot of affordable housing. I know that that hill's divided between the two municipalities. Um, so I guess that gets me to my last question. By the way, when I, 10 years ago when I was thinking about walkability, it was like running on the bike path and I don't have to walk home from the end of the hawk. And like that, that was really like that, that was really important. That was the concerns ten years ago before kids. But um, so I guess you know we're we're gonna, we're gonna have a new presentation on uh, February twenty second. I don't really want to speculate. Like you know maybe renovations an option presented at the LPS site. Maybe there's that wouldn't solve the West Amwell schools problems. Obviously, I, I don't want to speculate. But um, Doug asked a question like you know well I guess what what do you expect and then. You know, what, what would it take for you to move away from your position, wherever that may be? Like, what details would have to change for you to, um, you know, change your mind and just say, oh, wow, I like that. Uh, anybody I didn't know take you were going to attribute my question to me. <laughs> oh, sorry. Well, I, well you know, it's, I'm, I'm citing. I'm cite, it's a citation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, mine, mine is real simple, is that my only position was what was presented as options were not really real options. So in any town, I'm agnostic to where the site is, as long as it's an appropriate site. It fits the students, it's expandable if need be, uh, and we're spending the money wisely and we're not basically racking up a laundry list of compromises. Jackie? And for me, it's, it's really educationally. What's gonna be best for the kids educationally? What's gonna give them the most opportunities? What's gonna give them, um, you know, what's going to give them the best education is really, for me, the most important thing. And that encompasses not just teaching, but the space and the facilities and all those kinds of things. I mean, and, you know, not sound like I'm being a dead horse, but South is really important to me. I want to make sure that whatever we're doing, hopefully can, can influence South as well. Jen? I can't think of anything else besides uh, the same things that, that Mike really, really said. Space, uh, you know, I, I honestly, the two options that were on the table, I have traffic concerns on both of those roads. Um, so just finding, finding somewhere that isn't going to be a complete nightmare to get in and out of the uh, parking lot for parents. Um, what Jackie said about providing the opportunities and the education, uh, the, you know, the extra programming and things like that. Um, that's it. That, that, that's all we can really ask for. 
For me, if there was if there was a spot that was on the border of Lambertville and West Amwell, I think Mike, that's a really nice idea. So there, it's still somewhat walkable, and people who don't have cars could do it. It would still be, you know, uh, that that might be a workable possibility. I have no idea what's in terms of land what's out there though. Yeah, the, the challenge is it's a little bit out, so you'd have to go probably a little bit out in five eighteen. Also, five eighteen mm -hmm. is not very safely walkable now. So it, it, it's, uh, I was throwing that out more just as examples of, you know, let's be creative in how we approach this. You know, it, it feels like we're taking very traditional approaches that aren't necessarily the best way for a very small school district to think. And, and I hope, you know, one of my concerns with the superintendent is he came from a very large school district. Their budget was $93 million a year, you know, adjusting to a much smaller budget and much smaller district maybe a challenge, but I hope he's able to do it because our our concerns and our solutions are gonna look very different from a hopeful one. Yeah, and with Jen, I wanna go back to what Jen said, with kids to do, our kids are gonna grow up eventually. They're gonna be wandering around towns. And uh, I, I've I've always said a bowling alley. I just wanna like a place where adults and kids can hang out, but like, where do you build it? Like maybe at a new height, no, I'm just telling But uh, so like, I, I remember the uh, realtor had told me that, uh, and I don't wanna misquote, but uh, I'm, I'm you know paraphrasing that uh, the YMCA did a demographic study of the towns and just said, it wasn't worth it, Jackie. You're 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 saying that's maybe familiar to you, and it's just like, oh wow, like we can't even get like a mini YMCA or anything here. So a place for like teenagers. I mean, there is the Friday night hang at the at the. You know, I do miss roller skating. A lot of you might know me from roller skating. Uh, the, the the sixth grade and under does roller skating. Um, and I've taught sixth grade for many years. By the way, that that them at the at the high school is kind of a non-issue for me because since I've done it for so long, but and then the teens congregate at the church. But it would be giving some place for the, the teenagers and the, the preteens and even the early 20s, a place to hang out that they can't drink yet. Like that would be, that'd be nice. Yeah, yeah it, is, it is a challenge. I've, I've heard people try to do, put in like sports facilities and things. And the challenge always comes back to financially, we don't have enough population. Yeah. Like they're talking about putting a Dollar General store in by Music Mountain and everyone's I, like, I, how the heck are they going to ever get enough business? Don't, <laughs> don't get that, everyone. You're starting another fight, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, hey, I, I thank you all, Mike, Jackie, Jen, Doug. Uh, thank you guys so much. And, and if this goes well, maybe we'll do it again. And if not, right. I'm sorry for even asking you and you agreeing. <laughs> and if you have people doxing you or DMing you a million times, I apologize in advance for that. Please don't do that, by the way. Uh, so I'm Steve Chernosky, and this has been Tap Into You, a new podcast focusing on local and regional issues. Find us at tapinto.net. We have a Flemington Raritan uh, page. We also have South County, brand new, which would include us here in Lamberville, West Amwell, and don't forget about Stockton. So thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Thanks for doing it.